morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building. And today we have a very special guest, a prominent educator and public speaker in the crypto community, and a feature in BitBoy's new book, Catching Up With Crypto. Miss Team Crypto is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how... Uh, Sorry. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse is set to speak at Davos 2023, telling the world how his company is shaping the future of the crypto industry. Bitcoin courses are being launched at Texas A&M, further validating the industry in the USA, as BNY Mellon is ready for digital asset adoption, stating this space could become essential in the next five years. Fox News is blaming Bitcoin for flight hacks across the country, as the World Economic Forum is planning to tokenize everything in the name of carbon credits. We break down the details, preparing our listeners for a world post-crypto regulation. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, welcome back, my friend. Or I'm actually, I'm welcoming myself back. I'm excited to be here and I'm really excited for today's episode. How you feeling, my friend? Well, I'm feeling great, but first, let's welcome you back, and let's start this thing off like we always do. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there today. I love you guys. Appreciate you guys. You show up every single day out there in the chat room, keeping it real. We love you guys. Appreciate you every day for showing up. Gonzo, great to see you, too. Abs, great to welcome you back. And I'm so excited to have Miss Team Crypto in the house. I can't wait to hop into it and get this, boy, get this party started. Let's go. Awesome, guys. And we got Super G joining us on this Wednesday. Always happy to see your face, Gonzo. But it's been too long, my friend. It's been like six or seven days. How are you feeling? Thanks for being here. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, it's nice to have you uh, back, Abs. Uh, it was nice hosting the show on Monday. I think Johnny did a great job. Uh, you know, there's always a different flavor when you do it, but it's always nice to have you back. So, uh, um, but yeah, super excited to have Miss Team Crypto on. We've interacted on Twitter, so it's nice to finally meet her. So it's going to be a great show. Awesome. And Miss Teen Crypto, thank you for making time for us this morning. We're going to talk about a lot of great details, but specifically how people like us can prepare for the future. Before we get into that, how are you feeling this morning? And thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm feeling good. Always zesty as usual. Nice. I'm awesome, loving that background. I'm loving that background. Let's do something. I know. I feel, I feel like we're outdated here, Johnny. I'm feeling a little pixelated this morning. But let's start the show off the same way we always do, by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Johnny, the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index. Can you believe it? We are at a 52 this morning. I got to give you a, a chance to address the listeners. How do you feel about this neutral price action here? You know, we talked about it yesterday. We finally broke out of the, the abs. We finally got older than you on the Bitcoin index. We broke out of the 20s. We're now into the into the 50s. We're in the neutral zone, folks. You know what that means? Got to be very, very careful. I don't like the neutral zone. I don't like neutral. I don't like the green zone. I like the red zone, right? Because red means I can buy. I don't have to worry. A dollar cost average. And obviously, see what happens here. If you don't know when to get out, you get snake bitten. So you got to be very, very careful in this zone right now because we don't know which way we're going to teeter totter. But as we move closer to the greed, you know what that means, folks. Greed means sell. Fear means buy. So we're getting close to the sell zone, as we're getting close. 
Awesome, guys. And we're going to dive into the total coin market cap. We're sitting at $1 trillion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 41% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin back over 20000 at $20,900. Ethereum is $1,500. XRP is $0.38. Cents. Cardano is $0.33. Cents. And we're going to scroll down to Quant Network here, trading at $136. So some exciting price action this morning. Randy, I'd love to go back to you. We've been talking about the bear market here for almost 12 months. But anybody who's been in crypto for a while knows that during these four-year cycles, most of our bearish price action comes in right after that bull run. So it's exciting to see us bottoming out here. What are you anticipating in 2023? And how do you feel about the bear market overall? 2022, uh, going into 2022, I expected volatility in the market just because of the macroeconomic scene of the world. It wasn't great uh, in, I've, in any market you were really looking at. So I expected volatility in crypto. And with volatility comes people washing out every bear market. You've seen bad actors being filtered out of this space, different projects. You see who's really building. You see who's really here. So I'm happy about what happened in 2022. We needed that. We needed a clean sweep. In order for mainstream adoption to happen, you need to have good actors and top tech in the space. Now, 2023, I am expecting a little bit more volatility, maybe even in terms of actors in this market. I do think that we're going to have a little bit more of a shakeout of who we're going to see exit the space and more people are going to come into the space. What we've been seeing in 2022 is a tremendous, tremendous amount of big money, banks, governments getting involved in crypto. I expect the same this year. And I'm feeling really, really bullish on this space in terms of adoption, peer-to-peer payments, even NFT gaming and the whole NFT space as a whole I'm seeing is starting to cook up again. It's a really exciting time to be getting involved in this market because during 2021, everybody was excited about crypto, but that's when people should have been taking profits. Now everybody's scared of this market and that's when retail investors should be getting involved. But we got 181 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We got Miss Teen Crypto in the building. But Gonzo, we got to address the new book that you just purchased yesterday, Catching Up with Crypto by Ben Armstrong. Have you opened up that book yet? And what do you think? Yeah, no, I actually just got to look at, at the forward. I was talking to Shelly about it because uh, Ben talked about his wife. So it actually just came in the mail. So I've been excited. I'm excited because um, I did the pre-order. So there's a meetup uh, near me in San Francisco. So hopefully I, I get to make that and just see Ben in person. I know we've met him and talked to him on the show. So he's really cool. But um, yeah, um, as far as the market though, um, you know, yesterday or like in the last 24 hours, we made a new high, right? 21.6. So for um, what I'm paying attention to is that trend reversal, like the 200 uh, moving average, daily moving average is at 19.5. And so I'm really looking for that back test, right? If we come down and we back test that, um, that's what I'm looking for, for the alts to come down so I could do some more DCA and see if now we make that lower high, we get a trend reversal and we start moving up. You could already see, I was watching the chart before I came on the show on the lower timeframes. We're starting to dump. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Bitcoin needs to make up its mind if it's going to continue to move up or it's going to come down. Well, Johnny, I'm excited to show our listeners this next clip because anybody who is in this market during 2017 knows that these fake narratives were more prominent than ever. And we've got a great fake narrative to show our listeners today. As Tucker Carlson was blaming Bitcoin for the flight hacks that took place last week, we're going to let this short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go. Almost all ransoms like this are paid in Bitcoin. So if the U.S. government was buying huge amounts of Bitcoin in order to pay a ransom, Bitcoin prices would surge, of course. So the question is, has that happened? Oh, yes, it has happened. Since the nationwide ground stop last Thursday, the price of Bitcoin has shot up about 20%. Is that a coincidence? We asked Pete Buttigieg to come on the show tonight to let us know. Unfortunately, he did not respond to our request. 
Johnny Crypto, I absolutely believe that is a coincidence, but I'm going to give you the open floor here before we kick it to Randy. How do you feel about Tucker Carlson claiming the Bitcoin pump was because of hackers in the United States? Mute button, Johnny Crypto. I said, Tucker, Tucker, Tucker. I don't know what the hell Tucker is talking about. You know, the last, you know, I don't know if he remembers this. I don't know if anybody remembers, but about maybe, maybe seven, eight, nine years ago under the Obama administration, there was like $4 billion of guess what? It wasn't gold. It wasn't silver. It wasn't Bitcoin. It was hard, cold, green cash put on a plane and sent over to Iran or someplace to work out a deal. That's called paying it off. Listen, what have we been saying all along? We know the narrative that you're going to continue to hear for the next year or two, right? This is the narrative you're going to hear. Crypto is bad and CBDC is good. This is what they're going to continue to push on us because they know at the end of the day, the ultimate form of control, CBDCs, as we all know the bad side and the downside of it, but they're going to make that son bitch smell like roses. You're going to come out like saying, oh yeah, well, CBDCs, they're great. It's going to be the best thing since sliced bread. That's what they're going to sell you. So you have to understand the narrative is going to be in 2023 to beat the living hell out of crypto. And you're just going to continue to hear it over and over. And again, just another example of, you know, yeah, okay, so crypto used to shut everything. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Randy, I'd love to hear your take on that. Do you agree with Johnny Crypto that this is crazy? Or is there a possibility that this Bitcoin pump had anything to do with the flight hacks from last week? I honestly don't think it had anything to do with the flight hacks. I don't even know if there really was a flight hack. Exactly. Um, we do know even the U.S. government right now is one of the biggest holders of Bitcoin in general. And if you look at uh, the articles and how they describe how the outages happened with the FAA and all of these flights, it seems as though it was a flip of a switch. Now, this does remind me of something that happened with the banking system. If you refer back to February 25th, 2021, there was an article written um, how basically the Federal Reserve system for interbank payments, which is the backbone of transfers in the U.S., went down. Trillions of payments were grounded to a halt. And basically, all the vital automated, the clearinghouse, Fed ACH, and the Fed Wire Funds Interbank Transfer Service was down. So mm. that was in trillions of payments that could not go through across the U.S. So basically, if you tried to transfer money, it wasn't happening. Um, and that reminds me of this. Exactly. Almost like a flip of a switch. And then all of a sudden it was back. But it does show you that you are not really in control of anything. Nothing is guaranteed. Your money transfers aren't guaranteed. Your flights are not guaranteed. So what could you guarantee? You being your own bank. And that's why we're in this space. That's why you have Bitcoin. That's why you have cryptocurrency that you could transfer whenever you want. And you don't have to worry about things like this. Gonzo, one of my biggest concerns as this market evolves is self-custody versus in crypto, keeping your crypto on exchanges. And she just made a great point there. If we continue to not take custody of our own crypto, we're playing the same game as we are in traditional finance. We're giving that power back to the centralized institutions. I'd love to get some of your comments out there. How do you feel about the negative narratives around Bitcoin and the fact that self-custody is becoming so important? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because they don't it's nothing new, right? At least they could be more original with their narratives, but it's the same <laughs> narrative they attack Bitcoin with that it's for terrorists, it's for uh, money laundering. So now like this falls into the narrative that hackers are using it. Yeah, I, it, this is why I don't watch uh, regular media, right? I stopped watching regular news a very long time ago because they stopped reporting actual facts and they sensationalized it. Why? Because it's all about ratings, right? They are competing with cnn right that's fox news and i'm not left right doesn't really matter uh but what i'm talking about is that they since they sense a lot i can't speak this morning Sensational. Um, it's like, yeah exactly but it's like clickbait right and so the, the story is clickbait and it falls into that narrative that bitcoin is bad or that hackers use bitcoin 
uh, because we all know, like, if you look at the fundamentals of why we had a run, it was about time, right? We had a, like uh, Randy said, it was a really, really bad 2022. We got beat up in crypto, right? We took a lot of crap. And so it was time, right? RSI levels were at all time lows and it was time for us to make a uh, move forward, right? I talked about this earlier in the week. There was no sellers left to sell, right? We were completely exhausted. There was low liquidity in the market. And so now when you start to get some buys, it fuels the price. And then you got the shorts, right? We had $730 million in shorts and they just, it was like rocket fuel, right? And so that's what we're seeing now. So now what we have to pay attention to is the longs, right? Are they going to start liquidating the longs and push us down a little bit, right? So that's what we pay attention to. But yeah, I don't I watch that. I'd love to have a broader conversation, by the way, just about the overall narratives we're seeing pumped out into the market. We know that guys like Tucker Carlson who work at these major mainstream news networks, they're pretty much told what to say, right? They're handed scripts. I don't think Tucker Carlson came up with this idea on his own, but it is interesting that Fox News is trying to promote the narrative that Bitcoin is still nefarious when we're sitting here in 2023, six years after the 2017 bull run, and we have the exact same narratives going on. But Johnny, we got 241 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny, what do you think about that news? Yeah, listen, at the end of the day, like we say, <laughs> I just keep referring back to it. We know where we're going. We're going to this, all right? And we know that we're dealing with, let me bring it out. We know that this, this industry, especially the news, which we like to call the fake news here, it's loaded with what? I'm going to put them right about here. The news industry is probably right about there on the rat snake weasel index. There are a bunch of rat snake weasels. We know they're all lying. They don't tell us anything. There's no truth. You have to explain that for Randy. I don't think she gets our index. Uh, <laughs> well, you have to explain well, yeah. what the rat snake weasel index is, Johnny. Well, all I got to say is Jim Cramer is the leader of it. Okay. So anybody who lies and doesn't tell the truth, we call them rat snake lion weasels. Okay? <laughs> There's a bunch of them out there. And we know that any news, I like I like Gonzo. I haven't turned the news on it. Everybody comes, Johnny, you see what's going on? I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't watch the news. I, my life has been so great since I turned off the news four years ago. I don't watch it. I don't care. It's all a bunch of lying rat snake weasels. All the channels are owned by six people. You get fed. Six, six people. That's it, guys. Six people control the whole goddamn world in the news that you hear and see come from six Six people own all the news stations. So it's pointless in watching the news. You're not going to get the truth. You're going to get what we say is the truth they want you to hear, you know, which they feed the sheeple. And so they all get that, you know, but we know that you always do the opposite of what they tell us. And the opposite at the end of the day is always going to put you in the right way. And that's why, again, as we showed yesterday, Kramer on the ninth was saying, oh, the markets are bad. You got to get out of crypto. On January 11th, two days later, oh, my God, crypto is the best market. You got to get it. It's going to last. I mean, they just they lie, right? They lie right out of their mouths, left and right. It's so bad. You, The best thing you could do, my advice to everybody, take the, the news channel, turn that son of a bitch off, and tune into Good Morning Crypto. You'll actually get real news over here. Randy, do you have any closing comments there? <laughs> Um, I, I do think that you should do your own research either way. We've seen between news, financial institutions, both loving Bitcoin and hating Bitcoin. You could use JP Morgan as an example, hating Bitcoin, firing people for getting involved in Bitcoin. Yeah, he's buying Bitcoin. Now exactly. the Bitcoin team. Then after two years, he finally got his crypto wallet approved uh, Jamie Dimon and JP Morgan. So you do have to take every, everything with a grain of salt, whether it's good or bad news. Do your own research on absolutely everything. And once you do your own research, once you have your conviction, it doesn't matter what anybody says, because as long as you believe in what you're doing, that's all that matters. 100%. Go ahead, Johnny. There's no way she's, she's a teenager. There's no <laughs> way. It's not possible. It's just not possible. 
No way. She's the best yeah. in the biz, Johnny Crypto. What do you expect? You are not you kidding. Oh, my. Are you sure you're not like 28 years old? I, I don't believe you're a teen. Uh, let's keep going. Anyway, she <laughs> well, we got some interesting news here as Bitcoin classes will be rolling out at Texas A&M this year. And this is exciting because I think it validates a lot of the people in our industry who have been calling for an education process to be involved with cryptocurrency. I was in college just a couple of years ago, and there was no opportunity to learn about crypto. If you were going to get involved in this space, you had to go to YouTube. So, Randy, I'd like to get some quick thoughts from you. What do you think about Bitcoin protocol courses being launched at Texas A&M? It's all inevitable. I've been seeing um, different states contacting even me, um, telling me that they do want to integrate blockchain into the curriculum. I do see this being a more prominent thing. And, you know, whether you're a country or a college, whoever integrates crypto first, whoever really pushes crypto first is going to win in terms of popularity, um, resources. I think Texas A&M is really putting themselves at the forefront of crypto education. And I think that will help the college tremendously. I am happy to see it. It's all inevitable. Me, myself, I've been, you know, going to conferences since 2020, talking to, you know, Adrian from middle school, high school, went to Utah Valley University last year to speak to college students about Bitcoin. It's all going to happen. It's all inevitable. It's just when the colleges want to take the time, do the research, hire the right people and have education continue. Because again, this is something new. And it's something that, again, has a lot of stigma because of the big financial institutions, which in hindsight are behind a lot of the big colleges so the reality of, this is the validation you get to know that cryptocurrency is here when they start teaching it in the schools i remember the schools are a brainwash system right so they're going to start brainwashing and teaching all the young kids hey this is in fact we, we remember we talked on the show where was it in brazil i forgot which country foreign country it was they're already it was teaching. el salvador el salvador, el salvador. They're, teaching yeah. them how to, they're teaching them how to put it get your wallet transfer money sending money back and forth the reality is this is coming this is a massive train that you can't stop. Crypto, we know blockchains will be here for certain. The technology is too good to not be used going forward. And, and so now when you're starting to teach the kids, to me, that's the ultimate validation. There's, there's a lot of talk. Is crypto going to go away? Is crypto dead? Blah, blah, blah. No, the reality is uh, it's going to be here. And, and just, again, further validation. When you see it being taught in school, that's the beginning of the of the um, you know the fork being placed in the ground or the spike being in the ground that it is coming. So that's super exciting for us because we all know I know for all you guys, we're here so goddamn early. It feels like we're late, but we're not. Just take a deep breath. Hold on. We got a nice ride coming, but for the validation that this is just the beginning. Yeah, it's just the beginning. 100%, Johnny Crypto. Everybody is talking about Davos 2023 this week and the fact that Ripple is speaking at that event. Well, before we dive into the details, Randy, I wanted to get your comments on this video because the World Economic Forum has predicted that by 2030, people like us will own nothing and be happy about it. I'd love to get some of your comments on what you think about the World Economic Forum's agenda. We've stated that we think central bank digital currencies, universal basic income are going to play a prominent role over the next decade. As a teenager, what are you anticipating? What am I anticipating? I'm anticipating a war and we're already in one, right? Because if you look at these videos, if you look at, you know, people in general, they already don't agree with a lot of this stuff. Um, over the pandemic, you've seen a lot of pushback from a ton of different angles um, and what they were trying to push. And I'm not political, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But at the same time, in terms of CBDCs, we know that's what they want to push. This entire conference so far has been about CBDCs. Um, Klaus Schwab was saying he wants to have a metaverse. There. This technology 
is what they want to use, but not in the right way. So how I see things going is we have a lot of crypto adoption going on and we have CBDC adoption. But when it gets pushed upon the people is when things are really going to matter. So we're going to have that crossroads where right now we're already seeing we can't do what we want with our money. If you go to the bank, you try to get 20K cash, you're not getting it. Um, if you try to transfer more than 20K, you're probably not going to be able to do that. Now with CBDCs, they're going to push you to put your money into a CBDC. Now people are going to say, hey, I can't spend what I want where I, wherever I want to, whoever I want, anytime I want. Now I'm restricted. What's an, what's an asset or what's money that I could use? Like I don't have to worry about being restricted, that I could transact whenever I want to, whoever I want, wherever I, wherever they are in the world instantly. That's Bitcoin. So we're going to have this huge crossroads of people fighting for freedom and trying to escape the old system. Um, and that's unfortunately what's going to have to happen for people to realize that your money is not your money. And, and Gonzo, it's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And one of my biggest concerns going forward is removing the banks and we're bringing the average consumer closer to the central banks. We just saw in Germany last week, any cash transaction over $10,000 is now illegal. Randy, you just hinted at it previously. When they roll out central bank digital currencies, not only are they going to tell you where you can spend it, they're going to tell you how long you have to spend your money. And that completely removes the concept of saving. It's so dangerous. Gonzo, I'd like to get some comments from you. Yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. I, I think I talked a little bit about it in the shows a few weeks back, uh, maybe a month ago when I was trying to wire transfer 15K and they made me jump through hoops. I mean, Shelly originally went to the bank. They denied her. And then I had to get on the phone and then I had to go into the bank. And even when the bank manager said that they were going to approve the wire transfer, I got a call three days later where I had to answer a shit ton of questions and send them all this information and jump through hoops. And I'm like, it's my money. I could go in and just close the account and take the cash out and do it that way. But it's just wild, right? Because what happened was, is Shelly mentioned the word crypto and that was it. It was a wrap. Like they were going to do everything in their power not to send the money. So, that's a bad um, word. Yeah, that's a yeah, bad right. word. Yeah, it's wild. But as far as the World Economic Forum and what's going on with Davos, um, I think Coach JV talked about this on his show this morning or in his video this morning. Is like it gives you an idea of where we can go with our investment strategy, right? We've talked about this before. ESG, environmental social governance, right? That's going to be a huge narrative. Climate change, right? Uh-oh. Oops, oh, no. I think we lost he Gonzo there. Oh, but I'll tell you what. He looks good. His hair. Look at that hair. It's like perfect. Always, always guys. Beautiful. Always. And Johnny, I want to get your comments on this next article here because we're talking about the World Economic Forum. I want to tie this back to Ripple XRP. Ripple CEO made some prominent statements to CNBC this morning when he was talking about the Ripple versus SEC lawsuit. He said, now the case is fully briefed in front of the judge, and they're optimistic that this will certainly be resolved in 2023. And many of the people in Ripple actually believe it could be resolved in the next five months. I'd love to get your comments there, Johnny. Five months away from the end of the Ripple lawsuit, what are you anticipating, my friend? Well, that would be fantastic. You know, we want to see this thing come to an end. It's got, it's only been two years. I mean, let's just keep going. What the hell? I mean, let's get this thing to, you know, nothing usually takes this long. So we know that there's some other agenda that's happening here. For me, I always said, I personally want to see a settlement. I don't want to see this thing go to court because we go to court, here's what happens. We go back and forth, they fight it. Then there's going to be a ruling. And then what? Guess what happens after that? It's not over. Then it gets, whoever loses goes to the appeals court. And then they get a ruling. And guess what? Whoever loses that, they go to the other appeals court. Then we go to the Supreme Court. Now we're looking at another two years. And where, where are we at today? 2023? We're going to be 2020. Abs, you better pray this thing gets settled. Because if it doesn't, 
Mark the words here. You heard from Johnny Crypto first. We're going to be at 2024, 2025 before we see the end of this case. And that's the last thing I wanted to hear, Johnny Crypto, because Brad Garlinghouse said that there is almost zero chance they're willing to settle with the SEC because Gary Gensler is not willing to admit that XRP was not a registered security. Randy, I know you're not too familiar with the XRP case, but what do you believe this could have? What effects do you believe this could have if XRP is labeled a security? I think it does uh, stifle innovation a little bit in the in the crypto world. However, I do know um, what Ripple is up to. They've been in the case for a few years. And if you've been like, you know, looking around on social media, there has been XRP and Ripple advertisements in London and in New York. However, it's very illegal in New York to have XRP. You can't get it anywhere. So that was a little confusing to me. It was confusing to me that Brad Garlinghouse was at the World Economic Forum. I mean, the whole world's fighting the guy, but they're letting him speak. Um, so that I found a little bit suspect as well. Like, why is he there? Does I think that means maybe he's going to have a win. If you look on the World Economic Forum website, they do talk about Ripple. They do have a whole page on how it's going to do such great things. So I do think that obviously they're, they're going to come out with a win. I don't know. Uh, they might come out with a win at some point. Just because it's all it's written all over the place. Obviously, they love them. But what's the holdup? I think they just want to stall the whole crypto thing until they know what they're doing. Because at the end of the day, they don't know how to regulate the space because... At the end of the day, you can't stop Bitcoin. You can't stop Ethereum. You can't stop any of it. It's code. So once they figure that out, then maybe that's when we'll get our answers. Gonzo, we always talk about how there's one big club and we ain't in it. But my hope is that right. Brad Garlinghouse is involved in that club. If one of the things that we talk about on this channel is the World Economic Forum has a very dark agenda, we'd like to take the opportunity to profit off of it and free our families. What do you think about Ripple XRP and the fact that they're speaking at the World Economic Forum? Well, I'm worried that I'm going to start talking about them and, and the elites are going to shut me down because I got totally frozen. But what I was saying before is like uh, Coach JV talked about it as far as like we can see where as far as my, my investment thesis, what I'm looking at is the narrative that they're that they're pushing. Right. And where are they pushing? They're pushing CBDC, but they're also pushing climate control. Right. Now, I'm not saying whether it's real, not real, whatever, like Coach talks about. I'm actually in California, so I'm in all these storms that are going on. But I'm old enough to know that this whole El Nino thing is a cycle, right? I remember being a little kid and getting tons of rain and flooding. And then I remember again, like in my mid-20s, same thing, right? Now I'm in my 40s. It's just a cycle all over again. But it's an ESG narrative, right? Environmental, social governance. That is going to be a huge thing. When you look at how companies are investing, how they're putting um, or allocating their money to invest, they're paying attention to that. So I think that's something that us as investors what like that's what i'm doing not financial advice but i'm paying attention to that narrative so i can place my bets into those narratives because i think that going into 2025 those are the projects that are going to do very well thank you gonzo and we got 296 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button brad garlinghouse is going to be speaking at the world economic forum and he's going to be talking about the tokenization of everything johnny crypto well, the World Economic Forum is doubling down on those claims as Thailand's central bank will be implementing a central bank digital currency for the wholesale market in the first quarter of 2023. This is concerning, but it's something that we've been talking about for quite a while. Tokenization will be the foundation of the digital economy going forward. And the World Economic Forum is trying to tokenize every traditional asset that exists today. Randy, what does this mean to you? It's, a, it's, it's everything they want and more. CBDCs, total control. 
Woohoo. Um, I obviously don't like it. I'm a big advocate for being your own bank. And again, like we're going to have that crossroads where people are going to say, hey, we need an alternative. I don't want to have this digital currency, this digital dollar, no matter what country you're in. Um, and then they're going to see the limitations of what they can do. Oh, yeah, I, I have this digital dollar, but I still have my cash. Right. And we were even talking about before how countries are limiting that um, amount. I think of I forgot what country you guys said before over 10 grand is banned in Nigeria. They have have a CBDC that they are pushing. And you can't, if you're an individual, I believe it's $45 a day uh, limit that you can withdraw from the ATM in cash. You can't spend more than $45 in cash. If you withdraw more than that, you get hit with a fee even more for a business. So there's a big struggle here. So now we have to have this point where we have to, again, take control of our funds, take control of our value. And that's what Bitcoin, that's what crypto like Bitcoin. Um, I know we do have Ripple and XLM that are working with CBDCs and they want to create that bridge. And obviously there's going to have to be a bridge of some sort, but we, I don't want the bridge, tear it down. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the bridge, but there's going to, there has to be a way to bridge like the, tr the trad and the DeFi. Um, but it has to be a way that that's, functional that's sustainable and that people aren't closed off an open pathway mm. and i don't think that they're ever going to allow a true open pathway you and know Johnny, before i kick it to you for comments here i just wanted to close the picture we are showing you a article where ripple joined the digital pound foundation designing a central bank digital currency for the future going forward well we know the world economic forum is an advocate of central bank digital currency so i don't think it's a leap at all that because ripple and brad garlinghouse are speaking at this event that you would think the World Economic Forum is an advocate of Ripple becoming the foundation for central bank digital currencies. I'd love to get your comments on that and then just give it the open floor. Well, it's like I say all the time. First of all, there's one big club and you and I ain't in it, okay? And there's and there's one team. They're all on one team. Right. This is all WWE. Don't forget, you're watching WWE. It's political theater. You got to have good guys. You got to have bad guys or it doesn't work, okay? So that's what you're seeing here. And remember the four stages that we're going to go through. You know, Mark Yusko talked about one here on this show. And I remind all of our viewers here. You got four stages. First, they ignore you. Then, when you don't go away, they laugh at you. Three, they fight you. And then four, they join you. Okay, remember, right now, we're in the fight you stage. And if you remember when Mark Rosano, we said this was going to go on to 2027. So we got a, we got another, what do we got? 2020. We got four more years of fighting. It's going to be an up, ugly uphill battle. And Randy was right. She said, you know, there's, it's the, it's the, there's going to be a battle coming, right? And it's in it. We're in it right now. And we're going to see how this thing plays out. But this ain't going to end for a while. You're going to hear a lot of back and forth until at the end of the day, this happens. This has to happen. This will happen. There's no way you're going to stop it. The question is, the battle that ensues between now and then, between this and this, and how they end up getting up this side, how they end up getting connected. What part of crypto stays? What part is allowable? You know, does Bitcoin become something that doesn't get... Because remember, these, these bastards can regulate anything out. They can literally make a rule. That's it. You're done. Illegal. You usually go to jail. So the question is, where is going to be... Randy kind of touched on this. What we need to see is, what's the regulation that comes that allows both of these things to coexist? Because at the end of the day, what they'll do is they'll give us a little bit of crumbs just to keep us happy because they don't want a war. Uh, maybe they'll let Bitcoin work a little bit, you know, so you can have something outside the system. But 95% of the people at the end of the day are going to be 
using this someday, unfortunately. Johnny, I think that's a broader conversation about how many people actually want custody of their finances. I think there's a lot of people who would like to just leave their crypto on a centralized exchange or give it to a, a centralized entity. That way they know it's safe and they can sleep well at night. There's a lot of people who even when you just teach them to use the Ledger Nano, it's one of the the biggest complications that are the largest hurdles that we have when getting involved in this. You market. don't have to work. You don't have to worry about that. You know, we just talked yesterday. I think we, well, yeah, you want to show guess who's coming out with get guess what? So not only Solana, but now Samsung's coming out with a wallet. that's going to be right here on your phone. So sooner when that happens, because you just have to make it simple. You're hundred percent right. People can't use ledgers. Ledgers are way too. I think of my parents and, and, and think of your grandparents. Could they use a ledger? Could you imagine your grandmother well, trying to use a leg? It's not going to happen. But can they use a cell phone? Yeah. Can they take a cell phone and just do this and swipe it across something? Absolutely. So once the wallet starts hitting in your phone apps, that will ultimately be the enabler that's needed so that everybody and their mother can use a CBDC on their phone. They're going to make it simple. They have to. I think, you know, what we're going to see because i know you mentioned have like people not wanting to cust like custody their own assets they're going to have to and the reason is is because they're not going to have a choice um during the pandemic we saw that perfectly people were waiting outside of banks for hours because the bank tellers weren't there because it was the pandemic and then the atms had a limit of how much you could withdraw already we yep. know you don't have access to your money at all so at the end of the day you're not gonna have a choice but to custody your own assets i can't tell you how many older people have told me i'm hiding my money under my mattress but then what happens when even now people don't want your cash i can't go into a store and spend hundred dollar bills or fifty dollar bills that's over Bingo. so it's just a point Bingo. where you can't trust anyone you don't have access to your money either way and bitcoin is your only option i think yeah. that's what, that, that's the battle that's going to ensue we won't even have the option of giving the responsibility to somebody else we won't have a right. choice I mean, right. and then you have, I, I talked about this last week and I know you guys make fun of me, make, you know, Abs calls me the Ethereum expert or because I'm the Ethereum maxi, but like ETH is already working on upgrades, right? The abstract upgrade that they're working on, I think it's EIP 4337 or account something like that. Account abstraction, right? Yeah, account mm -hmm. abstraction, exactly. Where they're, where they're merging uh, public and uh, private wallets. And so they're making it so that, you know, if you lose your seed phrase, you can still get access, right? Now, I understand that, you know, the the Ethereum narrative with MetaMask and all that, if there, if there's more control and that they're monitoring you. So it's all risk reward, right? It's it's all, you know, it's going in with their eyes open, understanding, like we talked about this with the MetaMask staking, is knowing what MetaMask is doing, at, it's monitoring you or whatever. And so the same thing with like Ethereum, um, they're already working on these upgrades. But I think like what Johnny's talking about, the first wallet or the first blockchain that makes things very easy for people to use where you don't have to like keep all these seed phrases and they make it very safe to use and easy to use. Those are the ones that are going to win. Right. Because yeah. most people are not like us, right. That are in like our viewers and the people that follow Randy and stuff. We're, we're into that. We're into using, you know, holding our own crypto assets, um, using um, cold storage. Right. Because we saw what happened with FTX, but most people, um, are going to want to do something in the middle, right? And so they're going to need something that's kind of a halfway point. And I think the blockchain that's able to pull that off or the wallet or ledger or whatever that is that's able to pull that off, you already kind of see it with the ledger stacks, right? We're going from like what looks like a USB drive to reminds me of an iPod, right? Yeah. That, that's, yeah. What that, that's what that stack looks like. And so the, 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 I think the company that kind of transitioned us and makes it closer to kind of like our phone or all in one, I think that's the one that wins.
Hey, Gonzo, I'm not sure exactly what you said, but obviously you got Gary Gensler mad at you today. But, you know, just to wrap this conversation up on that, um, what they're going to need is something to entice people to use it, right, to get people on it. And that's where we hear UBI. You think about universal basic income. If you know you're going to get money for free, but you have to use this certain app on your phone or on your wallet, and they make it very, very simple, and now people get paid, basically they're going to buy they're, you're going to sell your freedom. They're going to buy you into it by basically saying, oh, this is right here. Here's a thousand bucks a month. And oh, all I need to do is go do download the FedNow wallet on my phone and I get it and I can use it. Oh, yeah. Oh, but it expires. Got to use it within a week. And oh, by the way, you can't spend it here. You ain't buying meat. You ain't buying chicken. You can buy plant-based stuff because, you know, you could go ahead and eat all the humans you want. That's okay. But you're not going to be able to, you know, they're going to tell you what you can do. But that's how they're going to usher it in. Mark these words down. Write that, so write that down somewhere. They're going to- yeah, account abstraction. I'm not. I'm not a fan of. Um, I think it's literally. It's. It's a. It, if you look at, um, who posted about it from Visa, um, and click on the article from her Twitter, and then go on her pin tweet and see what who that she's the head of CBDC at you know the company that was announcing account abstraction. Man, I'm. Please do your own research on account abstraction. I am begging you. I. I got on a tip with someone over that because it's it's no bueno. They ran. We always say do what they do and not what they say. JP Morgan was firing employees in 2017 while they were working with digital assets. And that's just a prime example. We get 311 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Johnny Crypto, I wanted you to address this news because I think it's a little indicator of what could happen in the U.S. in the coming months if Gary Gensler attacks crypto exchanges as Coinbase is going to be exiting the Japanese market right after Kraken just left. And this is due to lack of regulation. People are unsure of what could happen in the next coming months. Are these securities? Are these digital assets? We're experiencing the same thing in the United States. Do you think we could see a day when we see major crypto exchanges like Coinbase, Crypto.com be forced out of the United States due to regulation? If the elites decide they don't want us using it anymore, that's how you do it. Because at the end of the day, you know, I was, as, as, as we're developing Merlin, we're trying to test a bunch of these exchanges. You know, most of these exchanges, there's like 30, 40... You can't use them in the U.S. None of them. They all, they're literally blocked out. There's about five or six yeah. that you can actually use in the U.S. apps. I was stunned at how many we couldn't access here. And I was like, wow. And so so the reality is, and I don't think people realize it, there's only about four or five left. Really good ones. Trustable ones that, you know, you may say you may feel comfortable using, like Kraken, Uphold, Binance, uh, Coinbase, you know, Crypto.com. And pretty soon, if this happens... If Gary in, the, in Congress, not so much Gary, we don't need Gary. We need Congress to get their shit together. Congress has to act. Congress makes rules in this country, okay? Not, not the SEC. Congress needs to come out and say, this is a stable coin. This is what it is. This is a cryptocurrency. This is what it is. This is how it's monitored and regulated, blah, 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 blah. Put all the rules in place, and then all this goes away. And the question is, when the hell are they going to get off their ass and do it? We know they've been dragging their feet for so long now. You know, it, for, it, it's ridiculous how long they've been dragging their feet on this thing. But hopefully, 2023 will be the year that we finally get some regulation to keep these things in operation here in the U.S. And Randy, Brad Garlinghouse of Ripple shared similar sentiments stating that it's Congress's job to keep innovation in the United States. We're going to let this 30-second clip play and go right back to you. Here we go. But we have to remember the SEC gets its power from statutes passed by Congress. Congress gives the SEC power. The SEC can't just take power. Correct. The, the power says today, the 1933 Securities Act said that you have to have an investment contract. So in, as you'll see in our motion for summary judgment, the first step of determining it could XRP be a security is you have to have an investment contract. And our point is Ripple doesn't have a contract. That, with right. whom is the contract? 
It's not a written contract. It's not an oral contract. It's not an implicit contract. Regardless of the nuances of the case, Randy, I think it points to a much broader issue that Congress is pushing innovation out of the country by giving control over to the SEC. I'd love to get some of your thoughts. Absolutely. I do think uh, innovation is being stifled in this country, and it's very unfortunate. Speaking as a digitally native person, um, I think there's so many things that Gen Z can do to help this space, and we will help this space. When Gen Z comes in, it will not be the same. However, if you were listening to, you know, the hearings with FTX, one of the questions that was asked to a panelist was, what about, like, they were fighting crypto a little bit, and they're like, but what about U.S. dollar dominance? And that's what it really all comes down to, is they're concerned about the dollar remaining king. Now, the answer that was given to them was great, being that if you push crypto out of this country, the dollar will diminish faster than it already is. We're seeing inflation over what 40, 50% of our money supply has been printing in the, over in the past two years. Um, and crypto becoming a huge thing. And being that there's only 21 million Bitcoin to ever be created, that's a challenge. If you embrace crypto, then you will win. Like I said before, whether you're a college, a state, a country, if you integrate crypto, you will win. A lot of people are actually leaving the U.S. to go to other countries to innovate where they're more friendly. Bottom line, we need innovation in this country. And of course, they're going to embrace it at some point because they want government metaverses. They want CBDC. So they're going to have to give us some leeway in crypto like uh, Johnny and Gonzo were kind of referring to before. But absolutely, I do think it's all about dollar dominance. Johnny Crypto, floor is yours. You know, the problem is when you look at, you, you have to understand the bigger plan and where they're going. And we already saw it. You played it earlier in 2023. Did you see what the second line I'm said when you played your little video? First was you'll own nothing. You'll be happy. Did you see what number two said or number three? It said the U.S. would no longer be dominant, right? So the reality is they are they they don't want the, the super elite who are in control, the, the real people in control of the country. We know that. The, and we've shown this over and over again. The end of the dollar is here, right? Every hundred years or so, we move to the next currency, right, Abs? And we talked about the next one. You saw the Ray Dalio video. We're either moving to the Chinese yuan being the next superpower, the next dollar, or a basket of currencies. So when you understand that that's the agenda and where they want to move us to, you can see that the U.S. is doing exactly all those things to get us there. We we've saw, I remember in 2020, Fred, Fed Powell came out and he said, we are going to take it slow in crypto. We're going we're gonna to purposely slow things down. And we knew that was going to happen. And what that really was was just a signal to the rest of the world that, hey, you guys start moving. We're going to just follow and catch up later. And the bottom line is that's going to put, as, as, as uh, Randy said, that's going to put us behind in innovation. We have definitely stifled it. But we are the number one innovation country in the world, and yet we're stifling it. Why? Well, because somebody at the top decided we're going to stifle it, and that's why we're here. That's where we are. And there ain't a damn thing we can do about it now. We're just going to kind of stumble along this path until we finally get to where they want us to go. And what we need to do, as BitBoy's out there doing, is fight the good battle to try and make sure there's an alternative to CBDCs. That's ultimately, if we come out of this thing, Abs, with something else, having an alternative to CBDCs, then, then we're in good shape because we know they're getting rid of cash too. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. Johnny, and one of the biggest reasons I'm concerned here is China is actually calling for Saudi Arabia to settle oil sales in something other than the U.S. dollar. And obviously, they're an advocate of the digital yuan. But Gonzo, I'd like to get some closing remarks from you here. The digital dollar has become more important by the day. When you look at countries like Saudi Arabia moving away from the standard dollar, this is cause for concern. What are you anticipating over the next few years? You know, I, I think when Congress finally gets their, their shit together, like we always say, they're, they're going to start to recognize that, right? And, and you can see when you look in our space, like we talked about, like, 
as far as like USDT and USDC, right? Settling more settlements than Visa and MasterCard put together. You can see Circle and USDC, uh, how it's going to come up, right? I, I, I do believe that USDC is going to become the digital dollar. And when yeah. they recognize, right, that, that's kind of where we're going. And, and if you look at like the history of Circle and what they're trying to accomplish, it's, it's really scary. Like when she talks about like what happened to, uh, with the E-thing, like if you go deep into what Circle's trying to accomplish, it, it's actually really scary. But I, I think that's where we're going, right? USDC is going to become the digital dollar. But like we talked about like the next story, what you're talking about with Saudi Arabia and Russia, there's a reason why they've been stacking gold, right? They want to create a new digital currency that's tied to gold, right? And they want to remove the, the petrodollar. That, that's what their goal is, right? And so the U.S. really has to start kind of getting their shit together to kind of counter what's going to happen with that. Awesome. And I know, Randy, you're short on time. So I wanted to close it out with this last segment here. We've got a prominent trader in the market called Peter Brandit making some bold predictions about Bitcoin, stating that Bitcoin could go back above $30,000 in the next 12 months. When a long-term outlook, he believes that Bitcoin could rally back over $175,000 by 2025. For our last statement, what do you believe about these four-year cycles? Could we see $175,000 Bitcoin in 2025? Or is Bitcoin going to do something we've never seen before? I think if we knew what Bitcoin was going to do, we wouldn't be here. And I think what I've observed over the past three, four years being in this space and observing just the psychology, I guess I could say, people, whenever they think the Bitcoin is going to do something, it usually does not. Uh, you could take this past two years as an example. Bitcoin running to 69K, laser eyes on Twitter. We're going to 100, fam. Let's get after it. Let's stack everyone in your mother. Bye. And then we dumped. Laser eyes gone. Everyone sold their Lambos. No more Lambos here. Then once we're at this point now where people are like, oh, we don't know. Bitcoin's going to go to 10K. Bitcoin has to go to 10K or even lower. That that's where we're at now. Do, does Bitcoin go the opposite way? We're starting to see that. All the bears are a little shocked. They're like, oh my gosh, Bitcoin wasn't supposed to do this. We we're supposed to see down for another year and a half. I think do your own research, stick with a plan, whether that's dollar cost averaging. If you're not looking at the charts, make sure you acquire crypto because bottom line, you don't know the excess. Like I always go back to the fundamentals of the space and it's being your own bank. You don't know when that is going to end, that opportunity for you to have money that truly belongs to you. So I don't care where the Bitcoin price is. I ju I'm just happy I have money that belongs to me. And I think that's probably the most important part besides number go up. But if you're concerned about number go up, have a plan, stick to it. And if you are okay with a certain price level, then sell or take your profit. Um, but yeah, I always have a plan. Awesome. Thank yeah, you, you know, so much, Randy. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. And Gonzo, we're coming you. right back to you, but I'm getting word from the CEO in my ear. We got to show our listeners the smartest way to track your crypto. So Johnny, <laughs> let that out. Bye. Mute button gotcha, John. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly... Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for early access for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. 
Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Crypto, that ad pretty much speaks for itself. But anybody who doesn't know, Johnny Crypto is the sole creator and founder of Merlin, the crypto project. I'm only teasing you, Johnny Crypto, but I do want to give you the open floor before we say bye to our special guest. Well, I think as Miss Team Crypto said, you got to have a plan. It's so important to have a plan. When you get into something, you better know how to get out. And it's nice to see what's happening there. So hopefully uh, Merlin will be able to help folks be able to get in, know when they're, what their portfolio is doing, and more importantly, have those exit plans so they know when to get out. So click on the link below. You can join on the uh, free 30-day wait list and get ready to get your 30-day trial of Merlin. Awesome, Randy. Thank you for making time for us today. We're always excited to have you. And we're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Gonzo. And thank you to Miss Team Crypto. We got 264 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah, get the shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.